Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Hockey! Yeah. Yeah. My favorite. It's Judd's Hockey Show. And welcome into Judd's Hockey Show. It's Zolgad. It's executive producer Declan Goff. And who is that on the screen? Wild GM Bill Garen joins us. Billy, we appreciate the time. Um, I'm going to start you off with this question. How do you weigh the success of of this past year, which, by the way, to a large degree, went really well, like points-wise, Kaprizov develops, against, especially for a guy like, like you who won in some way, shape, or form four cups, against what happened in the playoffs like like what's that what's that weighing of hey you know what lots of success building block foundation but then clearly in the playoffs didn't end up where your desire was to be uh yeah first of all thanks for having me on guys good morning and uh nothing like coming right out of the gates huh chad that's not a ball. That's not a ball buster. That's not a ball buster. I, hey, hey, look. Are you going to trade Dumba? That four. clearly yeah. is a ball buster. You've been up since four, waiting and waiting to ask that. No, you know what? Listen, I, I, I guess I'll go in reverse. The playoffs were were disappointing. They, they were. Um, you know, things that that we were doing on a nightly basis during the regular season uh you know we 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 couldn't we couldn't get that going um in the playoffs for some reason so yeah very disappointing but um you know after having a couple of weeks to kind of look back you, you can't really i don't think it's fair to the coaches or the players or everybody in the organization to say oh complete failure the steps that we took this year, I mean, you know, no other, no other wild team has done what this team did. I mean, the, I, I think we've changed the way that the hockey world looks at the wild. Um, and it was, it was all about the team. It was all about the, po- the, the points in the standings. Um, and because of that, guys had career years. You know, you mentioned Kaprizov. You know, uh, you know, obviously career year. Uh, Zuccarello, you know, broke the assist record. You know, Ryan Hartman had a career year. Uh, Felino had a career year. Fiala had a career year. Um, you know, uh, Freddie Goudreau, and it goes on and on. So, I think, you know, if you if you're assessing the year fairly, we did some really good things, and I'm I'm proud of the team. I'm happy with the direction that we're going. So that being said, I I want to 
ask you as a player who, who had success, who wore the C, like you, you saw teams probably be where your team is currently as a player and then take off and develop. Answer me this. As a player, what did you see in the playoffs that wasn't allowing you guys or didn't ultimately to take that next step? Like because you you were brought in by, by teams exactly like this to provide that in the room and as a guy that knew what it took. What did you see? Because my guess is that you can identify it and say, okay, the next step is this, and this is what we just weren't prepared to do yet. Well, in, in my mind, you know, it goes back to game four. And, uh, you know, this is my opinion. And the the fact that we didn't stay with our game plan when they were all banged up, injured, losing defensemen, we got away from our game and what made us successful. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that cost us. So it's more... It's more the uh, the ability to to just you know to fight against that urge to say I don't even know who three of those defensemen are I'm going to start playing a little more wide open and taking chances the ability to 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 fight against that and just keep playing the right way playing the way that gives us success and I I don't think we did that and that that's a mental that's a mental thing everything physically is I mean we, guys guys played hard guys tried they care. Um, the locker room is not a concern. None of that. It's just the ability to do that. I watched, I haven't watched a lot of hockey since, but I watched game three, Tampa versus Florida. And when Tampa got up two goals, they, their game got even more simple and they just, they just choked the life out of, out of Florida and they had no chance. And that's from a team like Tampa, that not, you know, I think a lot of people just focus on the wins. Well, they went through a lot of pain too to get there. And, and that's, that's what it takes. You, you learn. Bill, did you also see, uh, you know, I, I was, I was listening to some, some post optics of, of Florida's getting, Florida getting bounced in Tampa Bay. And, and it kind of reminded me of, it seemed like I know Florida won the president's trophy and they were just a prolific offense. We're scoring goals like crazy this season, but it kind of felt like the way they fell short in their series against Tampa Bay. And now they kind of have to figure out where they go from here. Cause they couldn't get past Tampa Bay. Do, did you kind of see some parallels between how the wild fell short and kind of how the Panthers also fell short that you had these great teams that are just trying to get over the hump. They've had their regular season success, but there's just that one extra itch, one extra scratch. They haven't been able to find in the postseason. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's a lot of parallels between us and them, but also us and, you know, a, a ton of other teams that have won. I mean, everybody everybody goes through some pain. I can remember, you know, when, when we won the Stanley Cup in 1995, you know, the year before, we lost a devastating series to the Rangers, um, you know, with, with all those overtime goals and things like that. But that, that allowed – the New Jersey Devils to to not only win the next year, but then to win two more after that. And um, it just you just have to make sure that you that you actually learn from it, and and you don't just say, oh, you know, too bad. We'll we'll keep playing them. There are learning lessons, and we have to we have to actually put them to use. Billy, how how do you explain too? Because I, I think that this is. In- intriguing thing um as a guy personally who loves this sport 
Um, you know, the culture of today's youth and people co- coming up is, you know, having fun, getting trophies, blah, blah, blah. My observation of the Stanley Cup playoffs, and I'm curious if you agree with this or not, is, look, when you are hoisting the chalice, there's probably no better feeling ultimately payoff in the world. That being said, I think when you watch the playoffs, and to your point, like a Tampa Bay or but back in the day, you know, Edmonton Islanders type teams, getting through this thing, which, by the way, is a great, you know, it's great fun to watch as a fan, but I think it's a grueling struggle, probably sometimes it's hell. How do you how do you get that through? Is, is that just experience? Because personally, it looks to me like the teams that win are willing to pay a price that is probably, in the end, a very large price. Yeah, well, I mean, it's not that big a price. <laughs> you know, it's it's worth it. Like, sure, yeah. At the end, once of you're it, there. <laughs> at the end of it, you know, it, it's two months of grueling physical hockey and travel and pressure and all that stuff. And you're, you're like, you know, your body's been through hell and, you know, you're, you're just so mentally exhausted by that time, but it, there's no better feeling in the world. You know, you, you, you just, you lose all your weight and your muscle and you're, you just, you look like, you look like crap. But you don't have any sun, like nothing. But it is—it's the greatest feeling in the world. It—it it really is. There's there's nothing that that can beat it. So, you know, I I really think that that's something that players learn to enjoy, and that's you know, like everybody says, trust the process. Well, enjoy the process. Like you have to enjoy that part of it, and and um, you know, but you you have to you actually have to sacrifice your body. You actually have to block the shots. You have to take the hits. You have to give the hits. You got to take the punches and go to the net and all that stuff. You actually have to do it. It just doesn't happen. You know, I, I you know, I go back to Tampa. I have a lot of respect for Tampa and the way they play. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they, I think there was one point in time in, in one of the games where they had 12 block shots to, to Florida's two, you know, and it's guys like Hedman, it's guys like Stamkos and, like stars, superstars, they get it. Dex? Yeah, Bill, I'm curious, too, uh, how great was it from your side of it? You made all these trade deadline uh, acquisitions, right? You, you brought in players, and, and you gave up future picks, and you gave up some other players as well. But at the same time, you go into this draft with at least a draft pick in the first five rounds of the draft. I mean, of all that wheeling and dealing you did – for you to still come out with picks in each of these five rounds, the draft, obviously with the salary cap um, implications that you guys have to work with now, post Parise Suter buyouts, I got to imagine hitting on those draft picks and keeping those draft picks was still a top priority for you guys going into this off season. Yeah. Yeah, it was, you know, we, we thought about it. We knew what we were, what we were giving up to get these players. They were players that we, we felt, you know, would, would really put us over the hump. Um, guys that we felt that we could end up keeping in the end. We'll, we'll see who we get to keep and who we don't. Um, but also, uh, we we had a number of picks, so we don't feel like we we don't feel like we sold the farm on on any of this. Uh, there there, and you know what? There are moves that we can make. You know, down the road that can you know maybe we can recoup some of those as well. So um, it, it might look like you know 
we, we gave up some, but we just felt that that was, uh, that was better than doing nothing and, and trying to help the team uh, get over the hump. Speaking of potential moves, the assumption I think across the board by, by th- this point is given the salary cap constraints uh, that you're going to have for the next few, few years, Kevin Fiala is going to be traded. Is that a fair assumption or are, are there alternatives um, that would possibly allow you to try and bring him back, do you think? There are alternatives. Um, listen, Kevin, Kevin's a heck of a player. He had a great year. We, we like Kevin. Um, and I, I think there's been a lot made of this and nobody's pushing him out of town. And you know what? We're, we're, we're starting to get back to, I don't want to say work. We've been working, but like taking serious looks at what we could possibly do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, we could do a number of different things and, and that involves a number of different players. And, you know, it just depends on, you know, what we feel is going to be best for, you know, the long-term success of the team and, you know, trying to maneuver through these, uh, you know, these, these big empty salary hits and, or cap hits and, you know, Hey, it's the world we live in. It's the world we decided to go into. And you know what? I'm okay with it. Like I, 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 I really am. And, and, you know, like I said, hey, it's a decision I made and, uh, but you know, something's going to probably have to give. Does trading him potentially, uh, does it get tougher because teams are going to now, I would guess, assume that, that you almost have to, where if, if you started to call teams and said, well, we don't have to, but it feels like there's now this assumption as well. Does the potential of trying to deal him uh, grow to be a bit more difficult because of the fact that teams are going to come to you thinking that he has to be traded, which might not be the case, but I would still guess that changes the, that changes the difference of the beginning of the discussion points. No, I, I don't think so. I think, well, you know, it's not a secret about our, our cap situation. So, um, but nobody knows, nobody knows in the end what we want to do or who we want to keep or who we, you know, not want to keep, who we decide to move. It, it doesn't have to be Kevin. It doesn't necessarily have to be him. It doesn't have to be, you know, any, it could be any, any, uh, combination of, of things. It just, what, what do we decide we think is best? Bill, I'm curious on your, um, on your take just on, the information gathering process. I, I've heard you kind of mention that and just there's so much now more information at everyone's disposal from just more box score statistics, obviously analytics playing a big role too in, in hockey and whatnot. I'm curious when, when someone maybe with an analytical approach or an analytical background comes to you and says, hey, this player does very well in this spot from an analytical standpoint, but you as a player and as an executive still got to weigh in that player aspect, your eye test. What, what, what is that process like for you maybe when someone comes up to you and maybe not disagrees but tries to maybe change your opinion from an analytical approach? What are your kind of takes just on analytics? Well, I'm a big believer in analytics. I, I really am. And you, you might think that's kind of funny coming from a former player that I probably would have hated them when I played. Um, but uh, I'm a big believer in it. Matt Sells is the guy in our hockey ops department who, who does all that. And I, I have so much faith in him and, and so much trust in him. He, he's, he's smarter than I, I'll ever be. And, and, 
you know, when I get calls on, on certain players, or a lot of times Matt's the first guy that I call. Um, that being said, I trust him so much because he's also got a hockey background uh, and where he coached a bit and uh, he knows the game and he can speak hockey. Um, and I, I think that's a huge advantage that, that, that he has or we have because of him. And, um, you know, but then it does, you know, it also has to match the eye test and, and everything like that. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm a bit, I'm a believer in it. And when I said, you know, information gathering, um, you know, those are things that Matt brings to me, but for me at the end of the season, more of the information gathering I, I do is, uh, on the personal level, one-on-one with players, um, on, it's not me talking to them and saying, you did this well, you did that well, you did this bad, you know, it's their chance to talk to me one-on-one and kind of give me their thoughts on, you know, where things went wrong, what was really good, what can we do better, all these things, because I think it's really important that the players get a chance to to voice themselves and, and be heard. And a lot of times, they, I mean, most of the time, they're, they're, they, they're right on. And I think it's really important that, that we listen to that. And, and 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 act on some of these things. Bill, I'd, I'd like to try and if, if we can uh, uh, sort of clarify what you told Barrero about D- Dumbo, which was good stuff, and it was perceived as a meltdown, which, by the way, it wasn't a meltdown. It was a, a passionate um, defense of a player. But I'd like to clear this up because I think, I, I think as, as a hockey guy, I know what you were saying exactly, but it gets lost in, in interpretation. Um, a lot of people have, have assumed, well, he might be dealt. You defend your players. You clearly like this room, which is great. Um, but I think the perception of, well, he is now, he because I, I saw this. Now, Bill Guerin will not trade him. There's no question about it. Um, I think there's a difference between, and, and to me, that this comes from you being a captain. There's a difference between you defending your players and your room and that and that being like now this guy is going to be treated with kid gloves or something, is that correct? Because like I I would hesitate to say Bill Guerin will not trade Dumba. I do think Bill Guerin will defend his team. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. You know, and and I get you know what. I guess I've done a lot of this like clarifying from that interview. And first of all, Dan Dan's Dan's great. I have such a good rapport with him. And that's why you know yeah. I. I I don't know. I, I trust the guy and I felt good about it. And, and we were going back and forth. I, I don't feel like I, I don't know. I don't feel like I lost my cool. Yeah, I was passionate. And you're right. I de- I'm going to defend my players. And, um, you know, I hope everybody would know me a little bit better right now that look at, there are no promises in this game. There are no promises. And my job is to make the team better. And whether I, you know what, the question was asked to me last week somewhere, like, you know, do you you get too close to your players and would you have a hard time trading them? The answer is no. I know. The answer is no. If something's going to benefit the Minnesota Wild and make us better, I will absolutely do it. Doesn't matter. I will do it. Um, that's my job. And if I can't do that, I shouldn't be sitting in, in that, in that chair. And, um, but I will, 
And I think everybody, I think most people know that by now. And, uh, you know, the, the, and I know there are people out there who want to read into it. Oh, he's going to protect Matt now. No, protect everybody. And you know what? I just, I don't know. You know what? It's so easy for people to take cheap shots at guys now. And it just, I don't know. Sometimes you just get sick of it. And, you know, they would never sit. You know what? If people that are ripping Matt Dumba or Kevin Fiala or this guy or that guy, they're ripping them online. But if they saw him out at a bar or a restaurant, you know what they do? They'd go over and take a picture with him or ask for an autograph <laughs> yeah. or something. That's that's the kind of people that rip that rip people on online. Absolutely. And and um the second thing I'd like to try and clear up too, okay? Uh so so Cam Talbot's wife put out on Twitter that they were not pleased about him not playing, which by the way, I'm sure is a thousand percent true. But that was a snapshot on Twitter. If you had a, a, a dime for every time a spouse got upset in sports, and especially hockey, you would be retired. Um, so I'd also like to clarify, look, I'm not saying that you might not, you might trade Cam, I have no clue. But I think that we saw that glimpse into her be, being mad. I appreciate her passion. And we all thought, or a lot of, folks thought oh my god he's gone for sure and bill Guerin's gonna be pissed off um can you just clarify the fact that stuff like that probably goes on a lot behind the scenes and we don't hear chapter and verse oh you guys don't hear (laughs) any of it and you know well i guess you do a little bit but it's i'll tell you what the the wives in this game you know you talk about deserving a medal like yeah and, and they live the they live it with the guys. You know, I went through it with my wife, and she was so protective of me. And if the coach wasn't playing me, the you know the the car rides home were like a therapy session. And you know what though, you, you need that. You need you need that bond. You need that that. You know, you, they're they're your they're they're your tightest teammate. And you know what, I get it. Like it, you know, when you feel like you've been done wrong after doing so much right then you take it personally. And, you know, I, I get it. It's, it's not personal. And, um, you know, those are things that, that Cam and I have talked in, in person and, you know, I'll leave it at that. But, you know, as a whole, as a whole, the, the, the wives in, in professional sports go through it with you. They're not just, you know, detached from it or anything like that. It's, it's very, very, it's very, very emotional because it's somebody you love. You know, and it's it's your husband being thrown to the wolves, and and you, they get hey, don't poke mama bears. You know, they they they're they're meaner than we are. <laughs> yes, yeah, they yeah. are. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> don't mess with them. We all know that. Yes, I know it. Uh, B- Bill, I'm curious too. Just um, obviously, you you unplugged from the wild season a little bit here, um, and and you're going to eventually get back into it, back into the off season mode. What what is what is kind of that timeline for you and the organization here as as you as you begin to slowly exit out of that, uh, the playoff exit, and then also start to get into the offseason planning? What's your kind of timeline for that? Well, you know, we've been in the office every day since the season ended. It, it's a little bit more of, um, you know, kind of like getting our own house in order, uh, a little housekeeping and, and things like that. We we have a bunch of uh, kind of like, you know, hockey operations contracts and things like that that we have to do. We have to start looking forward to the, you know, to our, our pro and amateur scouting meetings and, 
you know, with, within the day, we, I mean, listen, we, we've had talks. We don't, we don't just sit there and, and, you know, not talk about hockey all day. We, we do. Um, you know, I'd say next week is, you know, time to, time to really start kind of ratcheting things up and, um, preparing, like I said, preparing for our amateur meetings, our pro meetings, all the, all the critical dates that are coming up. So, um, it, it gets to be a busy time very quickly. Two things left. Uh, do, do you foresee, um, flower being back with, with just his age? And I, I know that, that you've talked about a desire to bring him back, but do you see that as, as a high probability or is it going to be more of a wait and see as the off season starts? Yeah, you don't we'll wait and see, you know, um, you know, I, I've said it, you know, I'd love to have flower back and, and have him and cam go again. I, I, I have a lot of faith in both of these guys and they're, they're such good goalies and they're such good people and great teammates that, you know, I really think it can work, but you know, I'll, I'll talk to flower. I got to, had to give him some time, you know, it was a kind of a whirlwind couple months for him and a situation that he'd never been in before. And, you know, I, I think he, he just needs some time. Last thing culture wise. So, so like the entire big picture thing here um, on, on a scale of, of one to 10, Bill Guerin, where do you think the culture of this this franchise was when you got here, and where do you think that it is now with all of and, and I mean this goes this goes to a lot of changes here, a lot of changes both um, on the ice as far as the bench goes, the coaching staff, uh, the people that you work with on a daily basis. How happy are are you with the, the puzzle that you've got in place right now? Well. I'll say, I'll say this. Um, I would give it, I would give it a nine out of 10 right now. And the only reason I don't give it a 10 is because, you know, in my mind, cultures are never set. Uh, They're a living and breathing thing and you have to constantly work at it. It's something that you can't say, okay, that's done. Let's move on. No, it's every day every week, every month, every year that we have to, that we have to stay on top of it. I think our players have done a great job of controlling their own, their own room. I think our coaches have done a great job of, of, uh, you know, providing the, uh, the open lines of communication and treating players the right way and um, all that stuff. So I, I, I think it's, I think it's really good. And you know what, it's a, uh, I think Minnesota is a really good place to play. It's a great place to play. It's a great place to live. Mm-hmm. I know people on the business side have really even jumped into what's going on on the hockey side, and that's even picked up. Like it's, you know, it, it, it's going in the right direction. But we just got to keep, we got to keep working at it, and you know, keep making. You know, we can always get better. So we just got to keep making improvements as we go along. Great stuff, and and. Much appreciate the candidness. See, pe- people will come back and say, oh, Barrero was great with Garen, or Zolgad asked tough questions. The key thing, you don't dodge them. And and I'm going to tell you, as a guy who talks to officials from different teams in this town, that is appreciated, and I'm serious about that. Well, a lot of thanks, dodging that goes it. on. So thank, thank you, Bill Garen. All right, take care. Talk to you later. You too. Thanks, Bill. That was a very interesting in-depth discussion with Bill Guerin, GM of 
the wild i found it um intriguing decks a nine out of ten on the culture and that's the behind the scenes stuff that is so important um you know what i think we should come back at some point in time we can't right right now and react to this because that is great stuff absolutely judd's hockey show declan judd dex take us out fast your score he knows you once ate an entire sheet cake he knows your selfie life isn't your real life he knows what goes down on the dms shouldn't you know your dog better now you can learn his inner secrets with embark the highest rated dog dna test Unlocking over 350 breeds and screening for over 215 genetic health risks. Go to EmbarkVet.com and use promo code DNA. That's DNA to get $60 off an Embark Breed and Health Kit or Purebred Kit with free shipping. That's promo code DNA to save today.